from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, gang. How's it going? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Rumble. Good morning, everyone from all over the world that's tuning in as in a few short hours, I make my way to beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada for the Hacker Summer Camp at Black Hat and DEF CON. I can't wait to see so many of y'all. I'm so excited to be uh, heading out and spend some cute tea with every single one that's attending. Thank y'all for being part of the show and making it amazing. Please make sure to subscribe and share. Find us on your favorite podcast listening platform as well. Go there, give us a five-star rating, helps boost us up, boost up the show there as well. So without further ado, go ahead and get into this morning's episode because there's a lot going on, a lot. And like I say, the last, I said it yesterday on the show, last 10 days have really been kind of ground, shaky grounds. I, I don't have anything better this morning. I mean, I've got good effort, good intentions, but is it too late? We're about to find out. Cheers, y'all. We'll kick off with Avante now admitting that all versions of their product are affected by the vulnerability that was used in the Norway government attack. On Monday, Avante revealed that several recently discovered vulnerabilities affect all versions of their endpoint manager mobile tool. EPMM, formerly known as Mobile Iron Core, is a platform that allows orcs to manage mobile devices like phones and tablets, as well as enforce content and application policies. Two weeks ago, the government of Norway revealed that 12 government agencies in the country had been hacked through several zero days affecting their EPMM. CISA and Norway's government published an advisor about the vulnerabilities last week. Now the vulnerability enables an unauthenticated remote internet-facing actor to potentially access users' PII and make limited changes to the server. The CVSS score of 10 was the highest of severity ratings for this one. Initially, uh, Avanti thought the bug only affected Mobile Iron Core 11.21 earlier, but in the updated advisor on Monday, the company said the vulnerability affects all versions of the product. That includes 11.10, 11.9, and 11.8, as well as 11.7 and below. So the CVE has now expanded. No other Avanti products are affected uh, other than the EPMM. Avanti has an RPM fix for versions 11.10 to 11.3 available now customers on older versions should upgrade to 11.10 and then apply the rpm fix the bug was discovered by Stephen fewer principal security researcher at rabbit seven so shout out to him for a job well done north korea uh scarecroft breach a russian missile maker and you might be asking yourself what in the world is north korea doing a North Korea state-sponsored group, Scarecroft, has been linked to a cyber attack on the IT infrastructure and email server for NPO Mastronoya, a Russian space rocket designer and uh, intercontinental uh, ballistic missile engineering organization. The, design, the Russian designer and manufacturer of orbital vehicles, spacecraft, and tactical defense and attack missiles used by the Russian and Indian armies. The U.S. Department of Treasury has sanctioned the company since 2004, uh, at the onslaught in the first uh, Russian-Ukrainian conflict. Today, Sentinel Labs reported that Scarecroft is behind a hack on the NPO uh, Machino uh, Stronoya email server and its IT systems, where the threat actors planted a Windows backdoor named OpenCarrot 
for remote access to the network. While the main purpose of the attack is unclear, I can tell you what it is. North Korea has had a horrible time developing long-range missiles. Horrible time. China won't give them the tech. China wants to keep them as an annoying kind of stepchild in the way. They want to use them as a bargaining chip. North Korea wants to gain independence. They essentially want to be an Iran or a Bolivia um, or a Venezuela um, in, in their own respective manner. And so they've been after missile technology and this is one of them so the uh breach itself uh, was discovered after analyzing an email leak from the npo machino stronoya that contained highly confidential communications including a report from it staff warning of a potential cybersecurity incident in mid-may of last year that's 2022 sentinel lab leveraged the information in his emails to undertake an investigation discovering a much more significant intrusion than the missile maker had actually realized According to the leaked emails, IT staff at NPO Machinistronoya discussed suspicious network communication between processes running on internal devices and external servers. This ultimately led the company to finding a malicious DLL installed on internal systems, causing them to engage with their antivirus firm to determine how they had become uh, infected. OpenCare is a, is a feature-rich backdoor previously linked to the Lazarus group. So there's that. Um while it's not clear if this was a joint operation between Scarecroft and Lazarus, it is uncommon for North Korean uh, hackers to utilize tools and tactics to overlap with other state-sponsored threat actors in the country, but nonetheless, they've done it, and now there's that there. And mind you, we're in a very sensitive geopolitical area. So China and Russia aren't, while they're allies, the enemy of the enemy is my friend, right? So hence, the common enemy is the United States because God forbid our politicians actually know how to divide and conquer other countries outside of their own goddamn population. Sorry for cursing God's name in vain there. But nonetheless, now what we're seeing is something actually very, very, very critical. Um, Russia had denied access to several Chinese nationals to its border in late July. This was the first of many kind of little diplomatic issues. Putin is worried of the over-reliance of Russia on China. He's trying to assert some level of interference there with China. And it's also a signal to the rest of the world, right? It's a signal to the West. Your problem is China. It's not us. And it's, it's definitely not Ukraine. That's a land dispute. I know some people would disagree with that. I have a lot of Ukrainian friends. I have a lot of Russian friends. I get it. Not getting into the idea of the conflict. But you have to read between what's happening now. And what's happening now is there's a whole slew of backdoor kind of signaling of diplomacy where Russia is saying, we don't want to be stooges to the Chinese. The Chinese threatened the, the Russian motherland just as much as they threatened the rest of the world. We want to play ball. So this is a way of, of Russia kind of trying to distance itself from China a little bit. And China trying to become overly aggressive because they sense weakness in the water. And while the Russian and the Chinese are doing military military drills off the coast of Alaska this week, right? Don't look into that more than anything else than another Russian warning to the U.S. Like we could very much easily be swayed to go either way, but we definitely would rather be on the West side rather than the Chinese side. Um and there's a lot of history to that. We can't get into all of it in this episode, but maybe we do something later. So um, so there's that. 
Microsoft resolves a vulnerability following a significant criticism from Tenable's CEO, Amit Yohan. The CEO of the cybersecurity published a scathing LinkedIn post bashing the tech giant for its handling of the vulnerability in Azure AD. On March 30th, researchers at Tenable discovered an issue that enables limited unauthorized access to cross-tenant applications and sensitive data. Tenable reported the vulnerability to Microsoft as soon as they discovered it. Microsoft confirmed the issue on April 3rd. To give you an idea of how bad this is, our team very quickly discovered authentication secrets to a bank, wrote Yoran, who previously served as the National Cybersecurity Director at the Department of Homeland Security. They were so concerned about the seriousness and the ethics of the issue that we immediately notified Microsoft. Microsoft waited months to get back to Tenable before claiming the issue was fixed on July 6th. Tenable checked the fix and discovered that it was incomplete and was uh, still exploitable. Microsoft asked Tenable to delay publishing any details about the vulnerability, and the two companies went back and forth for weeks before Microsoft said it would take it take until September 28th for a fix to be released. In a blog post, Yoran slammed Microsoft for not moving quicker to address the vulnerability. Also noted that without a fix, the bank that they originally tested the issue on was still vulnerable for more than 120 days after it was reported. Microsoft claims that they will fix the issue by the end of September, four months after we notified them. That's grossly responsible, if not blatantly negligent. We know about the issue. Microsoft knows about the issue, and hopefully threat actors don't. So Microsoft responded. This issue has now been fully addressed for all customers, and no customer action is required, according to a Microsoft spokesperson. They've argued that they mitigated the issue for the majority of customers in June, and that they ultimately were planning on doing the final fix in September. Nonetheless, it took a scathing post to actually get any sort of communication there as well. CISA has unveiled its cybersecurity strategic plan for the next three years, focusing on three main goals and several objectives. The cybersecurity strategic plan for fiscal years 2024 and 20 through 2026 outlines the agency's plan for achieving a future where damaging cyber attacks are rare, organizations are resilient, and technology is secured by design. One of CISA's three main goals is addressing immediate cyber threats by making it more difficult for threat actors to achieve their goals by targeting the networks of the U.S. and its allies. The objective for this goal include increasing uh, visibility for threats and campaigns and increasing the ability to mitigate them, addressing critical and exploitable vulnerabilities, and conducting exercises and joint defense operations to ensure an effective response to threat. An additional uh, major objective is hardening the terrain by adopting strong security and resiliency practices to reduce the likelihood of damaging attack. The objective includes understanding how attack occur, how they can be stopped, driving the implementation of measurably effective investment, providing modern cybersecurity capabilities and services and measuring their effectiveness. The final goal is driving security at scale, prioritizing security as a fundamental safety issue. This involves technology providers building security into their product and shipping them with secure defaults. Other objectives include reducing cybersecurity risks posed by new technologies and contributing to efforts to build a national cyber workforce. So, that's the plan from CISA. The FBI has also issued its own alert about crypto scammers masquerading as NFT developers. These fraudulent schemes, criminals either obtain direct access to NFT developer social media accounts and create a lookalike account to promote exclusive new NFT releases, often employing misleading advertising campaigns that create a sense of urgency to pull them off. NFT are not as popular, but the FBI is still warning because consumers are still falling victim to those. And the DHS is granting $375 million to state, local, and government for cyber resiliency effort. Just to know that we've given the Ukraine billions, um, but we only give our state and local governments $375 million. Good priorities there, folks. 
On Monday, the uh, Department of Homeland Security announced it will pump nearly $375 million into state and local government coffers in a bid to increase cyber resiliency in a sector that has been pummeled by ransomware attacks in recent months. The state and local cybersecurity grant program, now in its second year, is a $1 billion fund with allocations spanning four years and special, uh, specifically targeting state, local, and territorial government cyber resilience efforts. Potential grants have until October 6th to submit applications for the new wave of funds. Demonstrating the urgency of the issue, all but two states and territories applied for the cut of the first year's $185 million uh, trench. The program, which is administered by CISA and FEMA, is meant to help state and local governments defend against ransomware and other cyber attacks that have become routine. Today's threat environment, any locality is vulnerable, according to DHS Secretary Mayorkas. He's called the grants a way for local communities to prepare for the threat regardless of size, funding, or resources. Uh, last month, the coastal Mississippi community was hit with a uh, was hit by what a local official compared a digital hurricane. About 25,000 people live in George County, where systems were compromised by ransomware actors who used a phishing email mimicking a routine system update to break in. Spartanburg, South Carolina, was hit in April as well, and Dallas obviously was the famous one. And unfortunately, out of time for this one, I really want to deep dive into CVSS 4.0. This is written by Chris Hughes, and if you guys don't follow Chris, he's he's a really, really one of the, the, the smart leaders in our industry, and he, he really goes into detail here on the CVSS 4, 4.0. I'm going to save this one and, and come back to it tomorrow. I really think he did an unbelievable job on this one, and, and I don't want to go over our allotted time for this morning's live but it definitely it deserves two to three minutes, and I spent those on North Korea attacking Russia um, and why. Um, so we'll take that time back, reclaim it. I'll bring it back in a uh, uh, future episode, either tomorrow from Vegas uh, or Thursday, or we'll do something special with Chris um, on a live show here in the next uh, few weeks. So with that being said, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. Can't wait to see y'all in Vegas if you're there. Tune in, really special content will be coming out of Vegas, so make sure you're subscribed and up to date. Till then, have a great rest of your day, y'all, and most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.